If you see me walking down the street mm, And I start to cry Each time we meet Welcome back Sing it, Kai Welcome back Make believe that You don't see a teardrops let me grieve inside private cause each time I see you I break down and cry Just welcome back episode 24 of the curate podcast my name is Kyrie malik uh, i am your host here on today welcome me welcome you welcome back welcome to if this is your first time um yeah i feel like i start every week like that um yeah <laughs> um fall is in the air that is for sure. That is going without saying. Uh, we're feeling it. Um, I think it's great. I broke out one of my, you know, my, my uh, uh, great, like, little jacket cover-up things. Um, fall fashions are just always so nice. Like, you know. Um, yeah. I'm enjoying that. Uh, niggas got paid today. Never a bad thing. Um, yeah, and life is generally okay, minus my inner melodrama, um, per walk on by. Um, that was also an ode to the versus battle, um, that we, uh, you know, were blessed with. Patti LaBelle and Gladys Knight and Miss Dion decided to come out as well. I didn't see that part. I just heard about it. Um, and of course, saw all of the sub, all of the you know the subsequent memes and uh, gifs and all of that. Um, I always have to think about gif versus gif. Uh, yeah, because it's graphic. I f. I know G for graphic, so yeah, we say g graphic, uh, not traffic. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was that. Um, I really enjoyed that. I was drinking wine and in tears on my bed, just really getting my life. I, um, you know, I felt it appropriate to have a meal that just was required for this type of listening. I got some... Um, some catfish that was fried and some macaroni and cheese and collard greens and had some bread pudding uh, that I kept going back and forth to the kitchen to slice off. 
Uh, so all in all, it was a beautiful time. Um, this past weekend was interesting. Um, inspired this week's discussion, uh, the ailment and the um, curations that will come out of it. Um, yeah. So, oh, there was something else. YouTube has hella freaking audiobooks. I'm just coming across this. I'm just discovering this. Um, I listened to, over the past few days, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Um, And some of that is going to be, like, interwoven into this week's episode. It's really brought up some... As I was kind of developing the episode, it um, it really meshed well with uh, the inspiration for the episode. It meshed well with my findings uh, about the episode. And like, you know, just as I just kept doing some digging, it just really meshed well. Um, and the overall theme of it, uh, I think, will be good to add and kind of talk about as we move through. Um yeah, man. I won't make this too long. I realized after last week's episode when I cut out the intro, my original intro, which was a wildly inappropriate rant, um, <laughs> wildly inappropriate and would have been very uh, irresponsible of me to put out for the public. Uh, yeah, you know. It's just, we live in a day and time where everything is everywhere, and I want that shit coming back to me at no point. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I was saying when I, uh, I realized I cut that out and just like how much shorter the episode was, I'm like, damn, I really spent a lot of time in the intro. But, um, so with that, because uh, I want to keep these not too crazy long i feel that is might be a bit intimidating for folks um any like new listeners who are like what the fuck is this let's click on it um and it's an hour and 30 minutes like you know who is this guy and why do i want to listen to him for an hour and 30 minutes so um not to say that anybody shouldn't just be listening to me for an hour and 30 minutes because why not um but you know i get it so uh, let's wrap this up and move into the um, wisdom of the week. This week's wisdom comes from none other than Beyonce's husband, Mr. Um, Sean Carter, better known as Jigga, J to the Z. Um, And the wisdom that I plucked, and Again, it pertains to everything. I try to uh, craft these episodes to be tailored to the theme. So the wisdom, you know, is in with that. Um, this week's wisdom says, from Jay-Z's song, Bomb, B-A-M, off of the 444 album, 
Jay-Z states, sometimes you need your ego. Got to remind these fools who they effing with. Yeah, we got FNs too. Um, less of the latter, more of the former. Sometimes you you need your ego. Got to remind these fools who they effing with. Now I had to look up what, because uh, he does follow this to say, like I said the first time, we have FNs too. And I think if I remember right, an FN is a gun. A firearm, some like French firearm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, but anyway, that's not the point. Sometimes you need your ego. Gotta remind these fools who they effing with. Sometimes you gotta pull it out. Depending on who you're around, I'm just finding that holding your tongue. And letting go and letting God and, you know, all of this breathing and not saying anything and just kind of letting things pass. Um, Everyone don't respond to that. Sometimes it is necessary in this world, particularly in this society, this American society, this sector of the world in which we live, um, in which... Uh, the things that you do, the ideas that you have, the vocalization of them. Um, oftentimes impacts how people feel about you. And regardless of your internal work, whatever, like people don't always hear that. People don't always feel that. People don't always feel the grace that you extend to them. People don't always know and appreciate the grace that you extend to them. Um, so sometimes you got to pull out that ego and get into what I need, what I want, what it is that I need and want and vocalize it. Sometimes it's necessary to perform that flex. Um, yeah, I'm generally not one to lead with ego or things that I've done, places I've been, uh, people I know, things that I know. I just don't feel it necessary. Um, Ways in which I, uh, things that I need also. And, you know, I I have come to find in my self-assessment that I oftentimes take for granted that Basically, everyone was raised the way that I am, and I expect certain things of people. I expect the things of others that I expect of myself, and everyone doesn't have the same self-expectations, nor the same uh, self-awareness uh, or regard for others that I have. Um, and when they dis- when that's displayed, you have to, because those people, people like that, without that that um internal whatever that is to to say hey like you know maybe maybe what i'm doing right now is you know maybe i should consider someone the the person outside of myself right now like you know like yeah i just think that i don't know if it's our society that has just gotten some people just so roped into themselves that they it's so hard to look out um or what that is but like you know Sometimes you got to remind these fools who they effing with. 
<sighs> Last point. It reminds me <laughs> when I wrote this immediately, I, I thought about the uh, HBCU experience of dealing with um, uh, staff, HBCU staff, particularly around the time when school is starting and you are uh, getting your monies in order and establishing payment plans and getting refunds or like whatever, you know, kind of behind the scenes stuff that you have to deal with, excuse me, before actually like going to class or outside of actually going to class, you know, and sweet talking those people don't always work. You hear all the time, oh, I had to turn up on so-and-so because that's all they understood. I was being nice. They wasn't hearing that. You know, I was being ex, you know, I was being whatever. Like I was, you know, I was being just like a decent human being. And I had to like, they weren't moving with that. They weren't moving with that. So I had to turn it up. That's always the story with, with, with that particular set of individuals within the HBCU experience. And that's not just my HBCU. That, is, that seems to be the story of so many. You know, this moment of having to turn up on some staff, some member, some staff member in order to make things move. So, Yeah. Sometimes that is the case in our lives. Sad to say, you expect more from people. You expect, uh, you hold people at a higher standard than they hold themselves, which I think is oftentimes the case, and which results a lot of times in my frustration with other people, as I am, again, highly self-aware. I'm constantly thinking about, you know, just just being a a decent person, not being an asshole. And so when people are being assholes and not being considerate of the next person, like, it really grinds my gears. It really, 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 really does. And I'm not trying to paint a picture like I'm perfect at all. You know, we all have our imperfections and, and moments in which, like, we're less than. But for the most part, I do try to be cognizant of other people's space, of other people's time, of other people's just like just beingness in the world. So can't expect that from everyone. And uh, when they don't live up to it, uh, sometimes you got to tell them. Sometimes it's very necessary, that little bout of conflict. Conflict is not always a bad thing. It helps to grow people. So I will leave that there and we will move into this week's element, elemente, element, element. I don't know what these fake languages are. Okay, into the element. Split 
diving into this week's ailment. Um, as you could have probably imagined from the wisdom of the week, we are dealing this week with what I have titled the ailment is the, necess- ne- the necessity of the flex. Um, oftentimes when building our spiritual muscle and the fruits of that, um, the fruits that I've identified of building that spiritual muscle, our patience, benefit of the doubt to others, letting God handle it, quote unquote, maintaining center, etc. In this egotistical world, it's oftentimes seen as weakness, and people have a way of trampling over those who have dedicated themselves to taking an approach to life that is less ego-driven. When you appear oftentimes to not be operating out of this mode of, hey, look at me, look what I've done, defining yourself constantly by the things that you've done, who you are, uh, um, um, defining yourself, yeah, I just said that, defining yourself by, you know, all of these like external things that we use to validate ourselves. When you're not of that, I get the sense a lot of times that people don't necessarily know how to read you or don't know where to place you. And based on that, not knowing like where to place, they form an assumption about you that might be a lot less than um, who you know yourself to be. And where that becomes problematic is in how they respond to you, how people treat you, how people act towards you um and it sucks it really it 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 does because again as i said in the wisdom i don't lead from that place i lead from a place of openness i lead from a place of really wanting to like if i'm in an in a like an interpersonal interaction like i really want to get to know the individual beyond any Uh, titles or anything that they ascribe to themselves like let me know you right here right now in this moment for this moment and let's just kind of like go from there I don't know like um yeah let me continue on with 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 um what I have here um in my research about ego and that sort of thing. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted us here to be able to have a working definition um, and kind of explore the various sectors of the ego and various terms and their definitions. Um, so this is according to psychologytoday.com. Someone who is behaving egotistically is simply pursuing his or her own goals, as we all do. A motive is egoistic when it's focused on what I want. So ego apparently is the Latin word for I. And we can consider egoism as the motive to act in one's self-interest. Now that we all have. That we all have to some degree. Um, Where it shows up is where it gets dicey. So, um, egocentrism has also been used in a number of ways over the years. 
but it comes down to perceiving the world and interpreting events from your personal vantage point. It says here, we are all inherently egocentric in that we can never break free from either our physical vantage point or our personal psychological perspective that is influenced by our experiences, goals, beliefs, identities, preferences, and biases. Absolutely. You can't view the world. You can try. You can try to get in, like that whole phrase, get in, get a, you know, take a walk in my shoes. Yeah, we can try, but you'll never, you're all, we're always perceiving our world from this, out of this space of egocentrism. We have no choice. Egotism involves evaluating oneself more favorably than, I, than is objectively warranted. I'll read that again. Egotism involves evaluating oneself more favorably than is objectively warranted. That is what I feel that we have a lot of in this world. Bringing, it, bringing into uh, the discussion the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Um, the author was talking about us constantly within this society, within this, this era of time, um, ascribing titles to ourselves that we have not worked for or earned. And doing so out of a place of feeling like we need said titles in order to, you know, be perceived a particular way, to be perceived as more than we are, to be perceived, you know, as, as great or good. And what does that need say on the, you know, on the flip side is to say that I don't feel that I am X. I don't feel that I am Y. So I must now tell people that I am X or Y in order to create a particular image of myself in the minds of these people, whether or not I've earned that title or not, because I don't believe on my own and based on the things that I have done and based on the things that I am and this and that, that I am that. So I have to like make up this, this, this thing, you know, egoic. Egoic simply means pertaining to the ego or pertaining to I. Egoic thoughts, motives, emotions, and behaviors are reactions in which I, me, and mine take center. An egoic reaction is one in which I am centrally involved. Most of the time, people's thoughts, motives, emotions, and behaviors are infused with themselves, with their I. Yeah. They are thinking consciously about what they want what they are doing, who they are, who other people, what other people think about them and what things are going for and how things are going for them. In these situations, people are being egoic. Um, they are highly self-absorbed and their reactions are all about them. Now, this and the egotism go very much hand in hand to me in my mind pertaining to egoic, pertaining to ego or pertaining to I. Egotism involves evaluating oneself more favorably than is objectively warranted. I think that egotism kind of goes into the egoic in that you are, like I said, like ascribing certain things to yourself, all in an effort to like boost yourself 
for your own purpose, for the purpose of how other people are viewing you, which gets gets into the egoic. You know, like these two things go really hand in hand. And I think, again, like it's these two, this egotism and this egoic that is just so prevalent now here in our society in our Instagram look at me world like we're all we care about we ourselves are all we care about we're always thinking again what's to say here in this egoic and egoic reaction is one in which I am centrally involved most of the time people say they are thinking consciously about what they want what they are doing, who they are, what other people think about them, and how things are going for them. If that's not Instagram, (laughs) if that's not like just this fake celebrity culture that we live in, everyone wanting to be seen and, 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 and at the forefront, it involves a lot of egoic this constant thinking about the self and never never getting outside of yourself never going outside of yourself never looking at the next person that i i was riding my bike yesterday last night and i came across a i was stopped at an intersection and there was a man in the crosswalk uh, older black gentleman he was in the crosswalk on the like sitting not in the middle of the crosswalk but like enough into the crosswalk and in the street to make me very uncomfortable <laughs> and in that moment i was confronted with do i Take on the Baltimore stance, take on the the stance of how I just feel like so many people in Baltimore specifically operate. It's just this me, it's not my business kind of mindset. I'm not looking at nobody, I'm not saying hello to nobody, I'm just I'm just moving about my world. And not just Baltimore, I think about it. I mean, I did just say that it is very much the Instagram way of being. Me, 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 you know, focused inside of me constantly, never once being able to look at a situation outside of yourself and maybe involve yourself if it makes you a bit, you know, if you feel compelled to. I don't like that is something that's like shut off from people. So I see this man uncomfortably in the street, in the crosswalk. And again, it was this moment of, okay, kind of like mind your business or like extend help to this man. I couldn't look at this black man in the street, this man who could be my grandfather. He was an old, I said he was an older black gentleman. I couldn't look at him in the street with his cane. I don't think I said that his cane was like a little, you know, it was like lying next to him. I didn't know if he needed help. He he had a cane, so that indicated to me, like, you know, he's, he might be incapacitated in some way, you know, or handicapped in some way. So immediately, immediately, I asked him, 
With, I mean, that, that little, you know, confrontation with myself, that was all of two seconds before I shut out that, that shit of questioning whether I should help this man or not. Like, what? And the fact that I know that that is a lot of, like, most people would go, a lot of people, I'm confident in saying this, a lot of people would look at him and not do anything. Not do anything, but continue on about their day. Because why? That's none of my business. That's bullshit, y'all. That's bullshit. That's fucking bullshit. We got to be there for one another. We got to look at, look at fucked up situations and, 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 and help and do something. We got to get out of this me, self-absorbed mindset, this just constantly just within the self, not looking outside of yourself, not, you know, being aware of what's going on around you. Pick your fucking head up and get out your fucking phone and look at, look at a man in the street and, and offer him some goddamn help. He said no, he didn't need any help, which I also didn't believe that, but agency and respect, sure, okay, fine. <laughs> and I put my headphones back in, and I could see him saying something else, and I took my headphone back out, you know, excuse me. And he said th- He said something to, I, I can't remember, he said thank you so much, but it was some like he said it in another way, you know, that indicated to me I could hear the great the gratefulness in his voice that somebody looked at him and asked him that question if he needed any help. And I rode away from that situation. After he said that, I said, he said, he said, thank you, you know, thank you for asking. I think that's what he said. Thank you for asking. And I said, absolutely. I said, absolutely. Absolutely, I'm going to ask you that because I'm going to, because I have it within my heart. I know within, I know, I know, regardless of the ways in which I'm like, we're being socialized to be. I know in my heart of hearts that of absolutely I'm going to look at you and I'm going to ask you in this situation right now if you need some help. Because you're my father. You're my grandfather. You're my uncle. In the street. That's how I read it. Especially black people. If we can get into that mindset of looking at each other as brothers and sisters, as cousins... Family, imagine how much like how close knit we could be just like and and like feeling a part of one another and just like acknowledging each other as we walk down the street. I'm always talking about that. Just, you know, imagine, imagine how powerful we'd be if we had that base behind us, knowing that my brothers and my sisters and my cousins and my aunties and uncles and, 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 and mothers and grandmas have me and not my actual, you know, family. I'm talking when I'm saying those, those words, I'm saying us as each other. We're that for, we're being that for each other and viewing each other as such. Imagine how like much a little less alone 
we'd all probably feel if we felt really connected to one another. And that for me was the most profound piece that he, I could, he, I could sense the, the surprise and the, the, the like God sent in his voice for somebody having looked at this man and asked him if he needed some help. I mean, this is such a small moment, but I, y'all, I swear I take so, like, I, <laughs> I have a tendency, I guess, hence this podcast, I have a tendency a lot of times to take moments that are uh, maybe unrelated or small or, you know, small to some in nature, and I really read the bigger picture. I take the bigger picture. I, I am able to make a small moment much larger in meaning. This is not me making things where they don't, you know, where they aren't. It's just me being able to look at a situation and be able to relate it to something, to a larger, uh, in this case, illness of our society. This very small moment that's so profound and not socially prescribed to me. Prescribed fucks. Let's... And it's because it's so much Be egotism, more, uh, it's so much egoic thoughtful going on about the fucks that in our world and peddled to us and pushed to us like fucking um, crack. All so, the time. Look at me. This, um, Everyone wants to be famous. Everyone wants to be seen. Things. Everyone wants to have money. Everyone um, wants to have all of these outside external things ascribed to them in order to make too. them feel um, also all of this is from um, uh, because uh, they they think it that will that make them feel whole um, or appear a certain way in society other times like, people's fuck thoughts that. motives emotions fuck and behaviors that. don't involve much ego the book uh, not much so eye. art of not giving a when fuck when you're engrossed in a good book we have to choose working what on an engaging task you have to having a comfortable conversation or in a flow experience, and not let them be Your chosen for us. I feel like a lot of the fucks that we that we you are responding automatically without much conscious self-related thought, and you are not currently concerned about who you are, what you want, or the implications of events for your personal interest, or the implications of events for your personal interests and well-being. In these kinds of situations, your responses are not dominated by I. Or by thoughts of me or mine, which is to say that you are being low in egoism, ego, egoism, or hyper, hypo-egoic. Now, what activities in our lives, in our uh, day-to-day lives, uh, again, just thinking about social prescription, uh, what is being peddled to us that gets us less in that, you know, egotistical way of being. There's nothing peddled to us in that way that I can think of uh, in the same way that Instagram is peddled to us, in the same way that um, uh, through marketing and, and... and the TV and, and just all the media that we're consuming that just tells us, hey, here's get a better body. You have to have these lips. You have to look like this. This is the way. This is beauty. This is this. You know, like there's nothing to that is about non-egoism that is pushed quite as heavily as the things that I just mentioned. 
that are very egotistical in nature, that are very much centered around I, me, and mine. And that's the society, I feel like, that we've created, this American society. That's what it's all about. It's so me-focused. Me, 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 me. Me and thinking about the, the other and how they're perceiving me. <laughs> it all comes back to me and thoughts of yourself. You know, that's all these products, all of the, again, all of the marketing, all of the stuff that we receive is all about I or how I can appear better to other people that I don't care about so that I feel better, quote unquote, or, you know, will is marketed to make you to, that it'll make you feel better if you do X, you'll feel better about this or that or that, you know. So, yeah, I beg that question because I, I don't know. I feel that there are things that are less ego ego driven and in, in, in activities and 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 excuse me and ways of being and things that we can choose to partake in that are out there. But again, I don't feel that it, that those things are as heavily pushed. I don't think that we have anything else that's out here that's as heavily pushed um, that is of that nature. Um, yeah, so this brings me to, um, an interesting point or question in which I want to deal with. Um, there are many times when people, this is me talking, (laughs) there are many times when people are trying you. (laughs) Disrespect, non-acknowledgement, not being self-aware, etc., as a way of pulling us up and out of a less egoic space and having to remind people the boundaries and or tell people exactly what it is or exactly what's on your mind. No holes bars, no nothing. Because again, like those HBCU staff, sometimes you got to turn up on them for them to hear it. Sometimes at this point, it is too late. They are used to you being a particular way. That does not shake the table. That does not... Um, is not constantly uh, beating them over the head with what you want, how you feel, this, that, this, that. So much so that I, I think it creates a sense that people, like, like you don't have any feelings or, like, you don't have, uh, 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 like, you, like, are just so super self-sacrificing. Like, when you're not constantly interjecting your injecting yourself into every single moment it makes people in this society read you as selfless self-sacrificing um just like willing to bend for them constantly and when you have to turn it up sometimes Again, like I said, it can be a little too late. They're already so used to seeing you in a, in that particular way of non-ego that when you do turn up, it's, it, it, it's you being erratic. It's, uh, or maybe it's not read at all. Maybe it's not perceived at all in the way in which it's intended and um, they don't receive it at all. 
Um, or again, you're you're now erratic or irrational or you're being you're doing too much or, you know, any number of things. So with all of that, there is a dance in cultivating a healthy balance of evoking the ego while looking out. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. There is a dance in cultivating a healthy ego, healthy balance of evoking the ego or looking out for you by set by boundary setting and and living in a in a place of egolessness at the start of relations the unbalance shows up when people are crossing boundaries disrespecting you not being conscious of how much they take etc and the other and on the other hand people can just see you as an egotistical person only caring about you yourself and you what is the balance so with that, I'm trying to identify the ailment is the balance. The ailment is the dance that I'm going out on a limb to say that folks that choose to listen to a podcast called Curate um, have been, quote unquote, doing the work <laughs> and are interested in things that transcend this worldly way and just the physical and are in touch with something a lot deeper um, than just this day-to-day stuff and are grounded by things that aren't physical. Um, and again, with that cultivation, there is the I think the uh, a tendency or a or it's possible to be on that end of the spectrum that is just not dealing with this at all and just letting things in the worldly sense, letting things slide, letting, you know, in your mind, letting God handle it, not getting upset, not getting angry, not getting not letting people get you out of sorts, you know, but the way that reads a lot of times is, oh, you know, like you're a doormat. You know, and then when you get tired of that, when you get tired of being received in that particular way, when you know that you're, you have nothing, you're practicing, <laughs> you're practicing nothing but goodness and trying to spare them the wrath of you. That now, in order to make them understand, you have to turn it up. So the question becomes, what is the balance from the start? What is, how do you cultivate the balance of being spiritual, of being, you know, uh, centered, of being, not letting anyone take you off your square, um, but still holding firm to boundaries, still holding firm to um, not being disrespected, still holding firm to, like, people respecting you and what you say and what you, you know, demand. So that is the ailment, the cultivation of that dance. Um, bringing it personal, I have been, I think, I oscillate between the two extremes. 
I am that initially. I am that uh, centered. I am that non, you know, confrontation. I am, I am that not shaking the table. Uh, oftentimes, I mean, when it's not necessary. Just my general demeanor is just, I think, very much one of just like easygoingness for the most part. I'm not, I'm not outside of myself, so I don't know. But this is just like based on my interactions with people and and the energy that I receive from people uh, typically is one of a easygoing nature um, because people are mirrors, right? For the most, no, no, never mind. Some people are assholes. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, I think that's generally my nature. Um. I do state what I want. I do state my intentions. I state, you know, boundaries. Uh, but I find even with that, people, for whatever reason, don't always respond uh, in a way that is indicative of their respect for me, their respect for my boundaries. Um, and this has been a theme throughout my life that I've noticed. And it comes to a point where I'll explode. I'll explode. I will do, you know, maybe do and say things that I'm not so proud of. You know, I had an ex who made a statement, something to the effect of like, you know, it's when you get angry that the the real truth comes out, the real truth of how you feel comes out. And it's like, I'm thinking like, are you constantly trying to make me angry in an effort to, to get the get the full real out of me? Like the full real is not always necessary all the time at every moment. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. Some things are left better unsaid. That is a truth that I'm learning. Some things are better left. Just just leave it. But there are other things that require vocalization for people to get it. Vocalization and sometimes people need a slap in the face or a punch in the nose and I'm not, you know, I'm not getting behind violence in that way of just unnecessarily unnecessary violence. But again, sometimes that's all some people fucking understand, you know. And bringing it back to the subtle art of not giving a fuck. He does talk about, the author talks about, like, you know, you can't give a fuck about everything. You got to, you got to really choose what, what what to give a fuck about but when you find that thing that you that you give a fuck about go all the way in go all the way in he makes an example of like somebody screwing his mom out of some money or something like a contractor or something and not giving a fuck means i don't okay ma nah fuck that but you know, uh, you know, I think his mom maybe was taking the approach of like, uh, you know, just 
Chiselle, you know, just, and he's like, he found that he gave a fuck about the fact that somebody is screwing his mom over. That's something he decided to give a fuck about. And he went in and gave no fucks as it pertained to the the process of pursuing legal actions towards this person who screwed his mom over. He didn't give a fuck. These are his words. <laughs> These are his words, you know. It's throughout that process of giving a fuck about something that you don't give a fuck. You want to put out a podcast, you know? Don't, like, give a fuck about the podcast. But, yeah, like, don't give a fuck about the reaction. Don't give a fuck about what people have to say about it. Give no fucks. About the things that you don't give a fuck about or shouldn't give a fuck about or like can't control or like, you know, like just don't give a fuck about it. Give your fucks to the things that are fuckworthy. <laughs> In essence. So, uh, with that ailment, cultivating the dance of ego. And the flexing of it while um, holding your candles in incense. <laughs> yes, so uh, I hope this is clear. I'm moving into the curation. The first I've written here, realization slash understanding of the realities of the world we live in. The world unfortunately demands, because so many people operate out of ego, that at times you flex slash show off to remind people who they are talking to or dealing with. That was the first curation because, again, it takes the realization of the world that you live in, of the society in which you live, um, to be able to better understand how to move within it and what you want out of it. Again, what you are choosing to give a fuck about <laughs> within uh, the community, within the this very ego-driven uh, part of the country um, that we have that we live in. So it just takes the realization and understanding of the realities, again, in order for you to better understand how you are choosing to maneuver it. Secondly, the understanding of the need to balance ego and spirit in this world. Cultivating your connection to source and maintaining it through focus while not letting that cultivation and uh, conscious awareness of your connection um, Make you excuse fucked up shit. People don't always understand that. And that being that place of spirit, that place of centeredness, that place of oneness, that place of um, grace. 
extension of grace that, you know, is oftentimes cultivated out of your spiritual journey. Um, and so with people not understanding that, it has a way of making it a necessity to be explicit with people about how you feel about X, Y, and or Z. So I think uh, just relating the two, the first uh, curation is the realization, and then the second is the cultivation. Cultivation and the understanding of the need to balance the ego and spirit. Um, I think once most of us identify that, hey, yeah, we live in a very ego-driven world, and this is what this is, and how am I going to maneuver it? I think the healthy response um, and my response has been to figure out this balance, to understand the need to balance the ego and the spirit, to understand the importance of both and the places that both, you know, um, the importance of both and the, did I say importance twice? The, um, <laughs> and the space that both, you know, serve, like the, the, the roles that both of them serve in your life and figuring out how to fuse the two. Third, we get to decide, are we going to play the game that we play in this life? Are you going to commit yourself to never playing the game or strike a balance? This will inform how you move. Um, I don't know that we can ever escape ego um, through wherever we go, whatever we do. I don't think that we can escape escape it due to... Scroll, 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 scroll. The egocentrism, which if you remember, it is the... The perception of the world and interpretation of events from our personal vantage point. That's inescapable. I I would say. I would say that that's inescapable. The ego is an inescapable piece of life because we are always, for the most part, coming from an egocentristic uh, stance in that we're bringing our experiences, we're bringing our, you know, our knowledge, we're bringing us and all that has um, come before us into any given moment. But we do have the ability to step outside of that, uh, you know, attempt to, to be able to try to see things from the vantage point of another or, you know, feel what another person um, is feeling, you know. Well, we get to decide. And when I'm saying, are, are you going to play the game that we play in this life? The game being this game of all ego, of self, 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 more for self, 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 fuck everybody else, self, 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 look at me, self, self, self. I'm, I'm important because I'm, because I'm this title, self, 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 you know, are we going to just play that game? Are you going to commit yourself to never playing the game and go off and, you know, into some other world where everything is there's there's more maybe more um more centeredness on community, more of an importance placed on 
communal living, more of an importance placed on, you know, being together and family and, and, and just shared experience of life? Or are we striking a balance? Are we going to find ways to balance the two? And that, again, will inform how you move through the world. Because I don't think this ego shit is going nowhere. I don't think people just being all about themselves and just so super self-absorbed all the time, I don't think that that is going anywhere. So the question becomes, what you going to do? That becomes the question. And with that, the the piece about never playing the game, deciding to commit yourself to not playing the game, um, it made me think about um, monks and led me to watching a video about the monk community. Um, these are communities that have given up everything, their passions, their careers, identities, families, out of their dedication and faith and hope in humanity. They vow to do no harm and make a commitment to be a source of brightness. Through a dedicated life of self-sacrifice and discipline, they hope to change the world by first changing themselves um, as their way of making a difference in the world. And that's from straight up from the YouTube video. I can link it in the, in the description. But I think that's the closest, uh, and maybe there's probably more research to be done on that because it's probably not the closest or only um, group um, that has just kind of, no, I know it's not. I know it's absolutely not. I think it's the most popularized group of folks that we know of here in the West that um, that has just kind of ostracized themselves and, and shut themselves off from um, the ways in which we have come to operate in the world and vowing to do no harm and make a commitment to being a source of brightness. Excuse me. Through a dedicated life of self-sacrifice and discipline, they hope to change the world by first changing themselves as their way of making a difference in the world. Because does it not all start with us? Does it not start with the cultivation and cultivation of ourselves and uh, the grounding of ourselves and something, the rooting and grounding of ourselves and something deeper? Does it not start with that? I can't think of like how we are to move as a society into another way of being without first examining ourselves and getting ourselves in gear to be of that in which we want. Aligning ourselves with, aligning our, ourselves and our values with the larger society. That's what we do anyway, a bit unconsciously. But I think what is coming up of this time is like people, the necessity for people to align themselves with the, the type of community and society that we say we want. We put so much, I've said this so many times, we put so much focus and energy behind the things that we don't want. People out in the street protesting and, and marching and 
and and you know get them out of there all of this like just constant this constant energy directed towards the things that we say we don't want where is the energy towards the things that we do want and the understanding that it must start with the individual to change him or herself to get him or herself in gear to be in step with that thing in which they want that we want as a society we were out here in 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 um you know may june july out in the streets talking about we can't breathe what's that what's that what's that breathing but not being able but more non breath <laughs> is that breathing life no you can't sit around all day. Abraham talks about that all the time. Abraham Hicks. You can't sit around all the time talking about the things that you don't want and expect the things that you do want to come. That's not how, that's not how it works. You got to meditate on the things that you do want. You got to put energy behind the things that you do want. So, more into this monk life. Um... Just reading some more of my notes that I wrote, though though our journeys to this point are different, at the heart of them is the desire and commitment to develop our spiritual life and inner world. Though our journeys to this point are different, is this not what I was just talking about? The necessity of our individual journeys to, to come together out of a desire and commitment to something larger than ourselves but at first understanding that it takes our commitment to ourselves and the way that they they exercise this commitment to themselves they uh training divided up into three categories um first being discipline second meditation and the third is wisdom and through this training training ourselves well stripping ego and eliminating old habits that's the goal of each of these categories of the trainings. Meditation as a path to train the mind, keep the mind inside the body, self-sacrifice and discipline. If a monk became friends with anyone operating out of the Western ego-driven framework, this is what I wrote, they would more than likely be taken advantage of, seen as docile or passive, not respected as they do not move with, um, with any level of egoism. It's it's amazing how we people out here trying to be good <laughs> and be better for the collective, the ways in which we tear it down because we don't understand. Because we're not there as a society to understand the level of self-work that is necessary in order for us to evolve and grow. The self-work and realizations and tearing down of so much shit, internal shit, external shit, like how integral that is to everything that we want or say we want. More of my writings, our society does not value these virtues, but you do. It is about being strong and courageous enough to uphold these things within yourself in a society that looks at them as less than important. 
realization that you are stronger because of it, because of your willingness to operate solely out of an ego-based mindset that is so focused on the external, exterior ways in which we present and daring to create, craft, and harness the power of inner light. Your courageousness and willingness and, and holding strong to ideals of uh, individual transformation, individual enlightenment, individual stillness, and, and, and raising of, of the individual vibration, the commitment to that, and I'm talking to myself right goddamn now, <laughs> the willingness and, 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 and daring to hold on to that and those, those, those values and to give a fuck about that, choose to give a fuck about that in this world that is driven by everything but that, that's courage right there. That's strength right there. Because as we talked about last week, what was it? Was it last week? I think something about like people trying to take you off your square. I think. What was that? I can't even remember. My friends always tell me I need uh, Gingo Biloba. My memory just be like, what? What happened? What? <laughs> anyway, that's strength. That's strength. Going against the grain. Going against the, the, again, the socially prescribed way of being. And the last curation that I've mined is the identification and partaking in activities that allow for flow. And practicing, being intentional about practicing the oscillation between ego and returning to center. I think that is, is within that fourth curation that the dance lies. I think that the partaking in actual activities that get you in flow, the activities that I've been practicing lately have been, I've been drawing a lot. I've been drawing, reading, getting more back into to those things as I find that I kind of go away. My uh, bike riding as well. I kind of go away for a little bit. And... Going away without a substance. It's a natural going away. It's a natural getting into rhythm. A natural way to get me back in step with, back in step, back in tune with the natural rhythm of the world. And then coming back out of that, coming out of that, you know, and going to work, for example, or like doing, you know, in the morning, that's a perfect example for me of that. Like I meditate in the morning and then uh, am thrust out into the world. That's the practice of that oscillation between being centered, being spiritually focused and in tune, and then having to perform activities that are less than. <laughs> and I know that, I think that to be particularly important for people with like positions um, that demand ego, that demand, you know, this is what I know, demand being in the front, demand being, you know, in the limelight or, or that sort of thing. How to not let that consume you if that's of importance to you. 
because we see what happens when it does consume people. We've seen it time and 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 time again. What happens when people are consumed by the ego, consumed by the need for external validating titles and, and factors and, and, and things. And we see the the lengths and the destruction a lot of times that that has the potential to breed without some way to balance that out. It can be very destructive. And I think that people need to, we need to hold in high regard that cultivation of that balance. Now I'm thinking about it, even people without these positions, like positions uh, in the world, just day-to-day people, I think, in this way in which we live now, it's like we're all of our lives, uh, if you choose, a lot of our lives are in some way, big or small, being publicly scrutinized and are up for debate and are in, you know, on the tips of people's tongues. And what are you balancing that out with? What are you balancing that ego side with? How are you getting back to center, getting back to a place where none of that matters for 10 minutes or just, you know, the practice of getting back into, again, thinking about, this is bringing back to last week, bringing yourself back to what does God think about you and making that important. That's a day, that's a, med, that's a walking meditation. That's a walking around meditation. That's a, that's a live meditation. When you're on the bus, focusing and giving attention to what does God think about me right now in this moment and filling yourself up with that, that being your base to start, filling yourself up with that. You know, if you're a, a, a speaker, after you get off stage, after you finish speaking, instead of instead of getting into the mind of how I did, how I think I did, what are people telling me, whatever, whatever, what does God think about this? How, how does God feel about me right now? Meditating on that. Try it. And not getting so caught up in the the uh, the wave of feedback, the waves of positive and negative feedback that you get when you do something in front of people, but focusing your attention on the one sole source of all. How powerful is that? In meditating on what that source thinks of you. I'm going to leave that there.
was a great episode. If you made it this far, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. I hope it. Uh, hope you got something from it. I hope that uh, we can individually begin to think about these things. I hope that we can start to think about these things and um, take responsibility for self enough to change the self and our ways of thinking and fueling the collective with that, you know, with that understanding of the importance of self, um, the training of self beyond all of this crap that we ingest on a day-to-day and tuning into something higher, something deeper and into the things that we want and not into the things that we don't want. So... Yep. Love y'all. Thank you for listening to the Curate Podcast. I'm not even going to say when this is going to come out. I am going to record this today, probably edit it tomorrow, and it'll probably be out either tomorrow. Tomorrow, today's two. Today is Wednesday, September 16th. Um, so it might be out tomorrow after the editing, or it might be out Friday after the editing and the uh, promotional materials are collected. Thank you for listening. I love you and peace.